It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. Christian Winfield joins us now. That's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Christian on. Christian, save us today. It's like, it's that reality that hits in. Like, the NFL is over. Like, woe is me. You know, I'm a Jets fan, so... Oh! You couldn't wait for the season to be over, dude. You couldn't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's like the skies are clear. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I was just... I'm looking... I'm actually, I'm looking over, uh, I know we're going to talk NBA, but I was looking over some of the uh, the, the free agent players that are uh, going to be available uh, this year. And so I'm going to share those a little bit later on in the show. Uh, some some big names there. So, you know, it, being a, listen, Jets, better situation right now than the Giants, that's for sure, right? Like plethora of caps, plethora of cap space to spend money uh, and a lot of draft capital. To make some money moves, so we'll see what happens. But regardless, well, we, just well, need, we just need some playmakers, you know. So, well, wide yep. receiver here, running back there, you know, something. Give Zach some help. Can we protect Zach a little bit? Like, I, I don't. I, it gives me a headache. Let's talk basketball. Yeah, let's let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. I do want. To, I, I know. I know you. You. You know. You spend the majority of your time covering the Nets, but I do want. I've been spending a lot of time talking about the Knicks, so I'd like to kick off with the Knicks. And that is just sure. you know how god how god awful uh, they've been, especially their last sixteen games. They're three and thirteen, but it's just it's the style that they have lost those games, giving up you know the big leads that they've had, especially uh, the last few games as we got closer to the All Star deadline, uh, the the All Star break. But you know, for me, two reasons why I think the Knicks struggled this year, and that is a the the players that Kimba and Fournier, the, the players that the front office brought in, uh, did not fit in regard to the makeup of this team, Rose not being able to play, sure. Noel, Noel being injured as well. And I think, you know, a, a lot of Knicks fans call into the show, Christian, and, and, and they really, ah, Tibbs has got to go. Like, the honeymoon phase is over. I disagree. <laughs> I, think, I think the onus is on the front office. What are your thoughts in regard to what you think went wrong for the Knicks this season? Oh, man, where do you start? Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you kind of touched on it, right? If you, if you didn't have quality point guard play, that does not set you up for success down the road. And that breaking news, Julius Randle is not a point guard. <laughs> you can't sit here and think you're going to run your offense through him and he's going to make the best play time and time again. It just doesn't work like that. And, and what you get is a stagnant offense that we see at times. You get an inconsistent offense. You get a ball that doesn't hop around the floor. And you need the ball to hop around the floor for everybody to feel involved and for everybody to want to go out there and defend, right? We're seeing an uninspired basketball team in many respects. I don't know if you want to fire Tom Thibodeau, right, because – who do you replace him with, right? Who, you're gonna you're gonna move on from him, but who are you gonna bring on? You know, it, it, it's it, it's kind of, it's a weird. And then you don't go out and do anything at the trade deadline. Like, why don't you try to go get a, a point card? Why don't you try to go shake something up? I mean, it, it's tough. I don't know if the Julius Randle pairing here is gonna work, but at the same time, who are you pairing him with? Like, look what the Kings did. The Kings said, you know, what? we've got De'Aaron Fox. We want to keep him. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to make the unpopular trade and move Tyrese Halliburton and bring in Demontis Sabonis, right? And no matter where you stand on Halliburton, that pairing of Sabonis and, and Fox is going to be good because now you just have to plug in those pieces around him. You didn't, have, you didn't give Julius Randle any help except for 
and older passes prime Kemba Walker. You knew Derrick Rose at some point was going to start wearing down. And now you got a team that has no one court leader at that point guard, and you're running everything through Julius, and that's not what he's built for. So, yeah, a lot of some of it is on the players who haven't been playing as good as they were last year. But like you said, this team hasn't been constructed in a way that fits well together. So it's kind of like I don't know what else many Knicks fans expected. The fourth seed just last year was kind of a fluke in a way. So, so, so moving forward, I feel like this Knicks team, they need to go out and they need to get um, a, an attacking point guard. Right, like like Derrick Rose, you got to bring him back. I, I think his value has never been more evident after you know missing him this season. And also, they need to go out and they need to uh, see what they're going to do. I hope I hope they re up Robinson. I do like Robinson, but they need more depth, especially Noel. Not sure if he's going to be here next year. In regards, so they need a big man. They need a point guard. Who who do you know is going to be available next year? Either A is going to be a free agent, or B you feel a team would be willing to trade. And, and, and let, whether it be a, a guard or, or a big guy, go? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, one name that I, I keep, I think we've all kept seeing tied to New York and one way or another, Fred Van Vliet. You know, are the Knicks going to be able to do anything in terms of making a trade for him or going after him at free agency? I'm not sure. But I think he's somebody that could solve a lot of this team's issues in terms of being able to generate offense from the one being able to run the show. They need someone who's going who's gonna to be able to orchestrate an offense. And mm-hmm. seen for a we'd be able to do that, whether they're able to actually trade enough to, you know, I mean, you can't give without getting, right? So you have to, or you can't get without giving, so you have to give up enough to get them. But he's going to be a free agent soon. I don't know if it's this summer coming up or the summer after that. I don't know if he wants to be a Toronto lifer either, but I know a lot of players are, are it. As, crazy, as much of a dumpster fire as the Knicks have been, you know, players love playing at Madison Square Garden. The energy there is amazing, right? So that's the number one sell that you're always going to have. Um, and, and then from there, it's kind of like you're going to have to see who, who opts out, who's coming in, you know. What, what, I, I don't know. How, how do you feel about maybe potentially trading Russell Westbrook? Who knows, right? At a certain point, you've got to start weighing some options because what you have right now is not working very well. So it, it's going to it's gonna be one of those things where we're going to have to see who opts out at the last second, who becomes free agents at the end of this year. But Fred Van Vliet would definitely help a lot of the Knicks' issues. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to get them. I'm going to throw this out, and we're going to transition into the Nets, of course, and, and, and that's where you spend the majority of your time covering them for the Daily News. And that is, what sure. do you think happens What do you think happens with Kyrie? I just threw this out a few minutes ago, right? Like $36 million player option in 2022. Does he accept it? Does sure. he not? Can you see a sign and trade with these two teams in New York? Um, does he ditch KD? Uh, was he on board for the Ben Simmons uh, trade with the 76er? Like, we don't know, right? Like, I'm curious. Is Could could Kyrie be a possibility that he just jumps ship and goes from Brooklyn to Manhattan? No, I don't think I see that happen under any circumstances. No, it was, it was a little more believable to understand what happened with James Harden because in many situations, you know, this situation in Brooklyn wasn't built with him. He's kind of an addition after the fact. But... Kevin and Kyrie kind of built this together in a way, right? They 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 made this decision with Andre Jordan, of course, who didn't end up being, you know, very productive on the floor. You know, I, I don't see that happen. I don't think Kyrie's a guy's going to jump ship. I think he needs to stay the course, and I think he he's kind of respectful of the idea that this team is allowing him to play, you know, just on a part-time basis. You know, he's in, a, in one of the most unique situations we've ever seen. I think I think ever, right? I don't know when we've ever been able to see a player who can't play at home. Uh, but it can play on the road. 
And not many teams would be amenable to that, right? A lot of teams would be like, no, you're not playing. Even the Nets tried to have that standpoint earlier in the season. But they didn't. They ended up walking it back. And I think what you will end up seeing is, you know, when when players have certain ties to Kevin Durant, and then on top of that, I mean, even if you're only getting them for part of the thing, for part of the games, the way he plays when he's there on the floor, he's worth the wait, right? So it, it's difficult to, to envision a situation like, no, trade me to the Knicks. I don't want to be here. And also on top of that, when you when you factor in who all the Nets have now, I mean, you've got Ben Simmons, you've got Andre Drummond, you've got Seth Curry, lights out shooter, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills. It starts you start to see that depth, you start to see that, see that firepower. Um, I think even if it doesn't work in terms of a championship this year, the Nets have a team where if you bring everybody back, you could make a legitimate run for this thing next season. And on top of that, we don't know what this vaccine mandate is going to look like two weeks from now, two months from now. There, there may be a situation where Kyrie can play in all these games. So I think the Nets and, and Kyrie are taking it step by step, day by day, to see where these mandates go. And if the mandate ends up getting walked back to the sense where he can play, I think it kind of, in a sense, would be water under the bridge, and he, he ends up resigning because you got to remember Kevin Durant's also under contract in 2026 as well. So uh, I think there's a situation where Kyrie opts in and then signs an extension if he's able to play in all these games. Christian Winfield joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over the Daily News. Uh, let, let's let's do a deeper dive here in regard to that went down, right? Like, you know, I, I'm hearing that, you know, we heard, we well, first of all, we heard Harden say that the, the 76ers were his first choice, so the Nets were the bridesmaid anyway. Um, also, I'm hearing reports <laughs> like Kyrie, Kyrie light, lighting uh, incense in the locker room. Like, he just, he couldn't deal with it. Um, like, 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 share, like what all, what all went wrong? Like was, was Harden, I, me personally, you know, I'd be upset if, if, if I came here and, in, in, in the whole, you know, getting unvaxxed, not playing at home, that, that definitely would have irritated me if I was Harden. G- give us the list of reasons as to all that went wrong, uh, in, in that scenario between Harden and, and Kyrie and in the makeup of this, the, the big three. Sure. Well, well, the first thing that went wrong is injury, right? I mean, no matter where, no matter what way you slice it, I think if all three of KD, Kyrie, and James are on the floor, um, even if even if Kyrie is part time, if, if Kyrie is part time and Kevin Durant is healthy and James Harden is healthy, I, I think that changes things. But what we saw after once you once you kind of start adding things up, there's no Kevin Durant for a stretch. Kyrie can't play at home. Joe Harris is hurt. Right, well, Marcus Aldridge is hurt. So you're, you're getting a, a situation here where so much of the offense falls on, on James Harden's shoulders, and that's the reason he left Houston. That's one of the reasons why he left Houston is because he didn't want to be responsible for the entire offense anymore. He wanted to play with others. He wanted to set other guys up. So that's part of it. And, and then on top of that, you, you factor in, like you mentioned, the, the Kyrie Irving situation where he's part-time. Now you're really placing a lot of the offensive responsibilities on Harden's shoulders. And at this age, I don't know if that's what he wants. And then on top of that, another thing, you've got Steve Nash, whose rotations, he's letting James Harden play 40 minutes here, 40 minutes there, and he's also playing with rookies. He's not. He's, some of the veterans aren't playing, right? And James actually, you know, he was he was, front, he, was, he, was he was talking about how he was frustrated a bit with the, with the rotations that Steve Nash had. And then on top of that, you, you factor in that apparently he wanted to be in Philly to begin with. And, and the Sixers GM came out and said, hey, you know, thought that this should have been a three-team trade from the beginning that sent James Hughes, and that would have been a more beneficial trade to Houston, but I don't think Houston wanted to deal directly with Philly at the time because Daryl Morey had just left Houston to go home with Philly, so there's a bunch of different things that, that kind of played into how James Harden ended up here, 
and, and then ended up in, in Philly. Um, and, and even Kyrie came out and said, hey, you know, he didn't tell us that he was upset, but you can kind of get hints, right? So once you start to see all these things, it's saying, okay, well, this is something that's starting to come out of the background. And then you see him miss 10 of his last 12 games. His last game in Brooklyn, he shot, what, four? Two of 11 for four points against the Sacramento Kings. You tell he didn't want to be here anymore. And uh, it, it's just one of those those big one situations because everybody was healthy. You know, I think, does James Harden stay? Maybe not. But maybe they, maybe they win a championship this year, right? Because everybody's not healthy. You know, now you have a completely different looking uh, next team. When you look at the Sixers team now, I mean, you had James Harden next to Joel Embiid. I, I think he makes Tobias Harris better. I think he, he starts setting up his team in a way that they haven't been set up for the Sixers are in a, in a really interesting place now. But still, in that that's more of a complete team. So it, it, I don't think anyone envisioned this whole situation going this way. But um, we're here now, and, and that's the kind of and that's the kind of moving forward. You know, Patty Mills said something the other day. He said the locker room has never been stronger uh, as it is now this season. I think that's a, a really big statement for him and, and for the team. And that's want to move forward, and, and they seem to be on the path to doing so. So yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to see how this whole thing plays out. Christian Winfield joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, so with, with that being said, um, Ben Simmons. Okay, what 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 yeah. how how this how this team is going to change? You know, very interesting. I I wanna I wanna call this up because you know you know me. I'm I'm all about gambling. You can gamble here. Just a few <laughs> things here. Ben Simmons. <laughs> you know, I gamble on whether or not my dogs hit the pee pee pad each morning. All right, so here we go. Uh, ben Simmons over <laughs> under two three pointers. For the remainder of the season, Christian, the remainder of the season, it's all Ben. It's all Ben has to do is hit three three pointers, and it's plus one twenty. However, did some research. You know, he's five of thirty four in his career. His total career, he has only hit five three pointers in thirty four tries. Okay, wait. There's more here. Um, free throw <laughs> percentage. He's <laughs> free throw free free throw percentage. Over under 56%, and that's at minus 120 either side. Did some research here. Um, In his career, he's 59.7%. That's it. He's not even 60% from the free throw line. Oh, my goodness. And I'm going to go, and I, wait, and I'm going to go one step, (laughs) I'm going to go one step further. You can, you can gamble over under points per game for Ben Simmons. And then again, this is for the remainder of the season. 14 and a half points over under, and that's at minus 115. Did some research in four seasons, he only averages 15.9 points per game. So I just share all that to say, dude is not good offensively. So, but again, you look at this, you, you, you look at this trade, they get Curry, great. Like, I think he's going to help, especially we don't know what, what the status of the situation is with Joe Harris, right? Like, when he's going to be active, right. active and attractive. But what, but what Ben does bring to this equation is obviously on the defensive side of the ball. So with that being said, you know, what, what do you envision? Two-part question here. Number one, what do you envision in regard to this makeup of this Nets team and this roster remaining for the remaining regular season games? And also part two, and that is, you know, it's going to take time for this team to gel. And I, I just looked at the schedule sure. out of the 23, 24 games remaining, 14 of them um, are at home where you're not going to have Kyrie unless, of course, the Vax mandate is lifted. So it's even going to be even more challenging to really get into a rhythm, a vibe, 
and a flow prior to the postseason. So uh, please break this down for me. What are your realistic expectations in Ben Simmons' role here and what you expect from them into the postseason? That's tough. You know, in terms of Ben Simmons' role, we can start there. Um, two things he does that the Nets didn't have uh, while they had James Harden, right? Number one, the defensive presence. I mean, all-NBA defender every year can't be questioned. And, and number two, just an athletic pay, playmaker who's going to push the pace. You know, James Harden plays at about 15 to 20 miles an hour, and uh, Ben Simmons is kind of pushing 80 miles an hour. He's going to get that ball up down the floor. He's going to be able to finish and put pressure on the rim, and he's going to be able to find his teammates, right? So in, in terms of his role on the team, I think it's not going to be very much different from what we saw him play uh, in Philly, but it might be as well because uh, when you when you talk to Steve Nash, he's, he said, you know, we're going to find different ways to incorporate him. He might be off the ball. You know, I asked Steve Nash uh, not too long ago, hey, you know, you, know, yeah, you spoke about Ben Simmons' three-point shooting numbers, but Andre Drummond as well as 15 for 113 in his career. I didn't even know Andre Drummond hit 15, but he did. And now you're going to have basically two non-shooters out there playing a lot of minutes next to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, part-time Kyrie Irving, and Seth Curry. How does that work in a league where you need as much space on the floor as you can to kind of be able to take advantage of some of these defenses? And Steve said, hey, you know, we, we think all these pieces are going to fit perfectly and we're going to just have to figure out how to make it fit in a way. And that kind of transitions me into your second point, which is I'm not sure the Nets are going to have enough time to figure this all this stuff out, especially mm-hmm. when you consider Kyrie is only going to be able to play in a handful of these games. So what the Nets are really relying on is, and this is what you really hate to see, they're going to end up leaning on that talent. They're going to have to talent themselves to a lot of these wins, and that's going to be difficult when you get to the teams that have continuity, right? Like when you get to the Miami Heat, when you get to the Milwaukee Bucks, when you get to uh, maybe even the Chicago Bulls. There's a lot of teams in the East where, yeah, they might not have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but even look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, for example. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a team that could probably give the Nets some issues in the playoffs because of the way they play and the way they're coached. So it, it's going to be tough for the Nets to – make it to the finals this year. I don't know if that's even considered a realistic expectation. But at the same time, if you've got the best player on the planet and when Kevin Durant is healthy, he is that, I, I think he gives you a shot. So is it tough? Yeah. But, I mean, it hasn't been easy for Brooklyn all season, right? They have 13 players going to health and safety protocols. Joe Harris has been out for since November. Uh, Kevin Durant and Seattle Spring, Kyrie Irving out half the games. Mid-season trade, I mean, in many respects, none of this is different. It's all kind of the same. They've had players in and out of the rotation all season, but now their backs are kind of against the wall, right? You can't keep losing games because then you're going to fall further into the play-in. You want to kind of try to avoid the play-in. But then again, you, can, you don't want to see too high because if you see too high, then you forfeit home court advantage, right? And you kind of don't want home court advantage so that Kyrie can play more games. So there's so many different ways to, to look at this puzzle, but... The, the one thing that they, they know is that they are up against it in terms of a timer. They only have a handful of games left, and uh, they're going to have to make the most of them. Uh, great stuff, as always, Christian. I always love when you're on. Brian, uh, who's producing today, told me he booked you, and, and I couldn't have been more thrilled, and uh, and you're always awesome. So <laughs> Thank just, you so much. Just know, just know how much we appreciate your time here on 98.7 ESPN. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you so much for having me. You enjoy your Sunday. You got it. You got it. Uh, again, Christian Winfield, make sure you follow him on all things social media as well as uh, check out his work uh, at the Daily News. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.